started from the right half. Snap, spot, kick, blocked. blocked into the end zone. And the Giants block the field goal. Leonard Williams gets the block. Commanders failed offensively, defensively, and special teams. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. That was the call on the Giants radio network. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. We're talking about a misery Monday here on The Fan. I'm broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. I might need several beers at happy hour to shake off that defeat to the Giants. You can always tweet us throughout the show at AWOD Radio. A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air. Or if it just makes me laugh, uh, Chucky tweets me. This team runs too much shotgun. Our running backs work best with movement to the line of scrimmage. No play action, no bootleg, no misdirection. We don't set up anything for downfield shots later in the game. No pocket movement, no imagination. He says, I see why teams passed on Eric Bieniemy. I'm not ready to give up on EB. Uh, but I said it earlier, I said it on Michael Phillips' show. I think he's coaching with the mindset of, hey, this is the way my schemes are and my schemes work. I think he needs to adjust to his personnel, adjust to the fact that his offensive line can't give his quarterback more than 2.2 seconds to throw the ball. Uh, adjust that Brian Robinson is much better thro- running around the outside with space than up the middle where he can't even get a, a head start and he's kind of just running into the back of his offensive lineman. And then you got to find a way to get Antonio Gibson the ball and Curtis Samuel the ball. And even though Jahan Dotson has struggled and they did a better job targeting him this game, you got to get him the ball earlier. And I'll take a page out of Logan Polson's book, who Logan does a great job hosting the Take Command podcast alongside uh, Craig Hoffman. And he was talking about when he played in the National Football League, he always talked about Kyle Shanahan being one of the best coaches, right? And what Kyle would do was say, hey, Pierre, Pierre Garçon, we got a, a great little six yard hitch route that we're going to run in the first quarter. Just get you a touch on the ball. Get you feeling good. Hey, uh, Jordan Reed, we're going to run this drag route here just to get the ball into your hand and uh, see what you can do as a playmaker. That was just so smart, and and he made so much sense because he said, hey, you, you play in the National Football League, everyone thinks the game starts when the clock starts. The game doesn't start for these guys until they make their first catch or they take their first hit, and then they're into the game and into the flow of it. And, and so that's why you saw... Last week, McLaurin was so effective because they targeted him on the first drive, on the opening drive of the game. Sometimes you just got to get the ball into your hands, and then all of a sudden you can get up with the speed of the game, and Coach EB has not done a good enough job with that. Uh, another tweet coming in here. It says, Awad, I love you being on in Richmond, but you were so wrong about Washington. You predicted them to win the division, 10 wins. I love hearing idiots like you make a fool of yourself. Well, we appreciate you tweeting us, and you can always chime in, 833-804-0910. Let me correct you there. I did not pick Washington to win the division. I actually was worse than that. I picked the Giants to win the division. And you know what? They kind of looked like division champions yesterday if the division was just commanders versus New York. Philadelphia is going to win this division unless the uh, the Dallas Cowboys make a late run. But we appreciate everybody tweeting us throughout the show. And you know what? I got into this industry here to have my opinion be heard. And you know what? You're not going to be right all the time. And you're not going to be right if you're predicting a D.C. sports team to win because that never happens. I've lived in this area here for 30 years. We have two championships. That's it, right? The Caps and the Nats. Football team has done nothing. 
The basketball team's nothing. The VCU, they made the Final Four, and, and I'll always have that memory. Uh, but uh, most of the teams that I root for have been awful for my entire life. That's why we got to keep it entertaining, mix it up with a little dude food and Netflix stub. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, but right now, it's time for the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for the phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. How are you feeling today on a misery Monday? 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Stub, let me hear clip number two. Jonathan Allen, he's just tired of this bull crap. That yes, it does. I'm tired of this I'm tired of this bull Been seven years of the same tired of this I'm tired of it too, John. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. Let's get to AWOD's 10 takeaways from the 14-7 loss to the New York Giants. Takeaway number one. Coach Eric Bieniemy wants to coach his way regardless of the talent gap from Kansas City to Washington. He's got to realize he doesn't have Travis Kelsey. He doesn't have Patrick Mahomes. Who You, you know, when you have Patrick Mahomes, you can line up five guys and say, oh, yeah, they're going to bring six, but Mahomes is going to be shifty enough to make that guy miss. You got to co- start coaching with the personnel that you have here in Washington. So, uh, absolutely, I'm calling out Eric Bieniemy at his worst coaching game of his career here in Washington. Number two, slow starts are costing us games. They, they just are. If you look at this, the record this season, right? The slow start nearly cost us the Cardinals game. It should have cost us the Broncos game. I'll give Coach Bieniemy and Sam Howe a lot of credit. They came back from 18 points and put up 35. Where was the, where has that offense been the rest of the season? Slow start against Buffalo, blew, got blown out. Slow start against Chicago, got blown out. And then again, a slow start against the New York Giants. It's just the product of a Ron Rivera coach football team. They don't start playing until they've already got punched in the face, right? It doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. Takeaway number three. I hate to say this, but I'm so upset with everyone on the offensive side of the ball. I got to say it. Jahan Dotson should not have been a first-round draft pick. You cannot be a first-round draft pick and drop passes like that with the game on the line. I know he's only had three critical drops this season, but those three drops have been in massive moments for this team. And I get it. He does have one touchdown grab to tie the game against the Eagles, but he's just not getting open. He's not winning his individual matchup. He's not running clean enough routes. And you cannot waste a first-round draft pick on a guy that misses like that. And the same thing has to be said with Emmanuel Forbes, and that's why I keep pointing to the guy up top, the guy making the draft decisions, Ron Rivera. Takeaway number four, Brian Robinson Jr. stutters too much when he runs instead of getting upfield, and I think part of that's on the offensive line. He's not seeing a crease. He's not seeing a hole at all. But instead of just taking it and getting upfield and getting as many yards as possible, it seems like he's looking for an opportunity to break a big one and uh, his yards per carry have not been good enough. And, uh, yuck, we tried to run the ball against the Giants, and we tried to run the ball against the Falcons, and I just felt like we were running the ball just to say we ran it, but there was really no success there. Your starting running back can't average 2.9 yards per carry. If that happens, you're going to have your third stringer get the carries in the fourth quarter, and that's what it was with Chris Rodriguez, seven carries for 31 yards. Number five, the offensive line just does not give Hal any time to throw. Michael Phillips talked about this, right? 2.3, 2.2 seconds to throw the ball. It was worse than the NFL yesterday. He had absolutely no time. And 
what I've noticed watching the replays is there's five offensive linemen. And sometimes they're only going up against four guys, sometimes five if, if the opposing team uh, sends an extra guy. Every single play I watch of the five offensive linemen, one of them struggles. Right, Four out of five get the block. But then, oh, Nick Gates let his guy, and he's right in the face of Sam Howe. Oh, uh, Sam Cosme got burnt. Oh, Andrew Wiley didn't even touch Hassan Reddick on the outside or something like that. Oh, Kayvon Thibodeau got right past Charles Leno. Every single play, someone on the offensive line doesn't do their job. Doesn't do their job. Takeaway number six, the defense can't cover. You know we can't cover when there's so many third down penalties, right? And even ones that weren't called. I mean, we have pass interference on third down. We just can't stop third down because anytime there's one-on-one -on -one coverage, our secondary is going to get burnt. Takeaway number seven, Jack Del Rio waits too long to blitz. Wink Martindale didn't wait at all. He was so impressive. He had a masterclass defensive performance, all right? And he outcoached Eric Bieniemy, but also Jack Del Rio sitting there on the sideline. You're watching Wink Martindale get these blitzes off and get them so successfully, but you're waiting until the third quarter? It doesn't make any sense to me. Takeaway number eight, New York just simply has Washington's number. We, They have been the worst team in the NFC East besides Washington, except every year we can sneak out a victory against the Cowboys. We can find a way to beat the Eagles, right? We can take them to overtime. But New York, the best we can do is tie the Giants? It's garbage. Takeaway number nine, Sam had his first bad game from start to finish. I like to say that the young Sam Howell was having a couple bad plays and a couple you know, terrible, terrible plays as well. But this was the first time where I thought he had a bad game from start to finish. Takeaway number 10, I think this really could be the turning point in the season that leads to firing Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. Because I just don't know how we can turn it around here with as tough as the schedule gets over the next few weeks and the next few months of the NFL season. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Back to throw. Steps up, dumps it underneath, completes it to Barkley, runs out of a tackle. He's to the 10, he's to the 5, he's in for the touchdown! Saquon from 32 yards out! Bend but don't break defense. It can't be a bend but don't break defense if you break any time the opposing team gets close to the end zone. Giants hadn't scored an offensive touchdown in weeks. Tyrod to Darren Waller on third down. The Tyron to Saquon Barkley. You just heard that for 32 yards and a score thanks to the call on the Giants radio network. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105-1 FM. How did the Commanders lose this game, right? How did we lose this game against the New York Giants that were scoring 12 points per game? 12 points per game, playing with a backup quarterback, two offensive linemen that were on their couch watching red zone a few weeks ago. And Chase Young got a few sacks, but none that were game changers. Meanwhile, Wink Martindale blitzed over and over and over again, and again and again, and again, his defensive line made plays, and they got to quarterback Sam Howell. And even though sometimes they didn't get to him, they got him moving off his spot and forced a bad throw. The Commanders lost this game simply because they couldn't protect their quarterback like the Giants could. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. Let's go to George in Richmond. George, you're on the fan with Adam Epstein. Hey, Adam. First time caller, long time listener. Ah, I'm so upset, man. 
Um, two, I'm almost going to point to two games. Uh, the Chicago Bears, 0-4, coming into our stadium. Um, uh, can't do anything right at all, getting beat downs all over the place. They come into our stadium on a national Thursday night with everybody watching. And what do we do? Sit back like chumps while they blitz the daylights out of us in our own house and destroy us in our own house while Del Rio and 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 Coach Ronnie over on the sideline twiddling their thumbs. Man, what is going on? We should have been blitzing the daylight out of them, forcing them to get rid of the ball. And then the Giants, one and five, can't do nothing right. Saquon can't run the ball, can't do anything, but yet they can run against us, have a great game, look like they are five and one, and look like we're 0 and five. We can't blitz. We can't come out the gate strong. What the world? Yeah. George, so let me ask you this, because it sounds like you're on my side that as bad as Sam Howe was and as bad as Coach Eric Bieniemy's play calling was, it comes down to Ron Rivera. These guys are not inspired to play football with him as the head coach. Definitely not. Why isn't Ron pulling people? I see so many coaches, when these players come over to the sideline and not performing, these coaches are pulling them over. You see these coaches mixed up with their players and busting at them and getting into their grill. Ron doesn't do any of that. He's over there with his arms folded, just looking like, what's going on today? And then Jack Del Rio looks the same way. Why isn't he blitzing the daylights out of people, holding players accountable, you know, just lighting a fire under these guys? I would have tore, I would have threw every bench in the locker room yesterday. I would have threw stuff around, you know, shocked the daylights off these players to get them to start performing like they're supposed to. Yeah, I'm, no, a, I'm with I'm you, man. Barely, I, I was ready to break every remote in my house. It was just so frustrating, man. How can we play these kind of teams, George, I appreciate- you know, and get a peek down? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. And, and that's why I think it comes down to coaching, right? I, I mean, we got out coached. Simple as that. George, I appreciate the call. We're going to keep it going here. If you want to chime in, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. I appreciate the call, and I, I love the passion, man. I, I felt the same way. What are we doing, right? I get it. Our offensive line was bad, and Sam Howell was being sacked left and right. But why anytime the Giants got the ball – Weren't we doing the exact same thing, right? It should have been, like I thought it was going to be, a sack off, right? Where it was, oh, first team to 10 sacks. Well, the Giants had time. They made changes. The commanders just didn't make any changes. And now Howell has taken a sack on 34.8% of his pressures, which if that holds up, according to True Media, will be the highest rate of any quarterback since 2011. That is a massive problem, and it's part of the reason that the offense is is having all these drives get completely derailed. Uh, and I, I said for a while that I didn't think the sacks were that big of a deal because, hey, they're better than turnovers. But it felt like a turnover on Sunday because we just couldn't get anything going. The drive that drove me the craziest was when we had first and 10. We had a nice play to Logan Thomas for nine yards. Second and one, we take a 12-yard sack. And then third down, we don't convert and we get off the field. That is when a sack is as bad as a turnover, right? A third down sack where no one's open, that's fine. Take your sack. But on second and one, you cannot have that happen. Howell said 
of Washington's struggles with pressures after the game. He said, everyone has a hand in it. A lot of the sacks this year, I think I could have done a better job of getting rid of the ball. Then there are times that we get beat up front. I think we can all do a better job of just focusing on what our job is. Uh, more from Sam Fortier of the Washington Post as he says that Washington players blamed a combination of things for falling apart. The line struggled to win one-on-one matchups. Hell, held onto the ball too long. Receivers occasionally struggled to get separation downfield against man-to-man coverage. And offense coordinator Eric Bieniemy didn't change the game plan until after halftime. Several times Howell and his blockers struggled to communicate about protection at the line of scrimmage with right tackle Andrew Wiley saying it's loud and whenever you have to turn around to hear the call, you have to get your eyes right back on the that ball because we're on a silent cadence. Sometimes they're bringing four or five people to a side. We've got to get the calls. We've got to execute, execute the calls. And look, what's so frustrating to me is like, it's not like blitzing is new in the NFL. Right. They've been blitzing since before they were even passing the ball, since it was just run, 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 and then punt. Right, So you have to have a better game plan against the blitzes. And part of the answer is the screen game. That was a big part of Eric Bieniemy the first few weeks of the season, and it's kind of disappeared. And I don't know what that is. And then you have to say, hey, I think they were force-feeding the ball to Jahan Dotson because of how much was said about him disappearing. And sometimes they threw to him. They had other guys open, and Howell missed it. Believe me, Howell did not have a good game. There were several plays where he just simply didn't execute. He had the hot route, right? It wasn't every play that they blitzed that he had nobody open, everyone was downfield. But it felt like that because any time he had a guy open short, he just didn't make the right decision. He told reporters after the game, you work all week on a game plan. It's kind of hard after the first few drives to just say, screw it, we're throwing away our whole game plan. We're going to do something else. I thought our plan was fine. We've just got to do a better job of executing. Well, that's where I would argue the the plan was not fine because anytime you go and have three and out in the National Football League, there was an issue with your play. There was an issue with your play calling. And let's look at the commander's first few drives. Three plays, three yards, punt. Then you get the ball back. Three plays, four yards, punt. Then you get the ball back. Four plays, 15 yards, punt. And then it's three plays, negative five yards and a punt. And then four plays and an interception. I mean, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Three plays, punt. Three plays, minus 10 yards, punt. Three plays, minus one yard, punt. It's like, did we have any positive yards throughout the entire first half? We didn't even score until we got the ball back in the second quarter and only had to go 21 yards. Offensively, it was the worst performance that I've seen with Sam Howell. It was the worst, worst play calling I've seen of Coach Eric Bieniemy, And the defense did not help them out. They really didn't. So it just comes down to in the NFL, you have to play complementary football. Good offense, defense, and special teams. And although I think we did that last week, it was just a Band-Aid because, my goodness, we were bleeding all over the place on Sunday. If you want to chime in, it's 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders, the Virginia Tech Hokies, VCU basketball, and it is a victory Monday for the Hoos. UVA with a 
monster win over UNC. That's a massive win for the program. Uh, the first signature win of the Tony Elliott era. Uh, so big win for UVA, and I should let all the listeners know. You can tune in to Who's Talking for more UVA coverage right here on 910 The Fan at 6 p.m. Paul Collins, Terry Gates, uh, both played at UVA, will be joining Frank Maloney and Jim Hobgood today right here on 910 The Fan for Who's Talking at 6 p.m. And joining us right now, though, on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's Neil Greenberg talk a little commanders. What's going on, Neil? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Good, Neil. So Rick Snyder, columnist for 106.7 The Fan, he's Sergeant Snyder in the AWOT Army, but luck has it, we're looking for a new general. Are you willing to accept the role, Neil, as General Greenberg of the AWOT Army? Oh, wow. That's a high honor. Of course. I'm ready to serve. All right. So a general will command the unit larger than a regiment or its equivalent of units. Uh, basically, I need you to command the AWOT Army and let everyone know anytime I'm on air. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can do that. I'll also uh, make sure everyone has a spreadsheet at the ready. There we go. There we go. So I, I found it interesting that uh, you put it out on social media. Per PFF, the commander's offensive line responsible for 12 of Howell's lead leaguing 40 sacks through seven games. Washington pass block ranks eighth. You said this indicates the sack more of a Howell issue than an offensive line issue. Give me a little more details on that take. Yeah, so that 12 number wasn't updated for this week. So it's actually 16 of the 40 sacks. Uh, the game charters at Pro Football Focus are placing the blame on the offensive line. So that leaves 24 <clears throat> of the sacks for Howell on, on Howell himself. Um, so it's a large number. It means that, um, you know, if you just look at the ones that Howell is solely, um, solely responsible for per Pro Football Focus, that's a 58-sack season estimate over 17 games. That's a huge number. And, again, it doesn't include any of the ones that the offensive line is going to give up. Um, so it's a real problem, and it's been a real problem for for Howell dating back to his college days. Um, and that seems to be the the piece of information that either a lot of people don't know about or are are very easily casting aside because they want to focus on Howell as being an inexperienced quarterback, and this is something that that will pass. But um, it's been a pervasive problem for him. It was a red flag for him coming out of the draft for some analysts. And it's a, it's a significant part of his game that uh, is, is keeping the offense down. Neil, part of this is over my head because I didn't play quarterback at any high level uh, of football. But I want to say that like the best quarterbacks, we always talk about Peyton Manning being a coach on the field. I watch Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, all these guys. They get up to the line of scrimmage, and they're barking out orders for their offensive linemen. And it seems like they're able to identify where the blitz is coming from and adjust things. How much of that is on Sam Howell not making those adjustments at the offensive line uh, You know, right before the snap? Well, I don't know if he's... I don't know how much he's able to do. And it certainly seems like the formations that they're putting Howell in, using shotgun a lot of the times, they're trying everything that they can to buy him some time. Um, I, these two things can be true, right? Sam Howell could have a massive sack problem, a massive propensity for sacks, and the offensive line could not be good. 
Like those two things can certainly be true at the same time. So it looks like what the offense is trying, what the what the coaches are trying to do is is give them as much time as possible. Um, to my eyes, it doesn't seem like he can go through his reads very quickly. Uh, it doesn't seem like he can get out of trouble very quickly. So, you know, we have we're in a situation where it's 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 easy to reduce this team to a one-dimensional offense because, yeah. you know, the the run game isn't used that much. Um, if Washington falls behind, it's going to be used even less. And then it's just a matter of of getting to Howell, which which isn't difficult to do. Um, so I think it'd be difficult for him to to be that you know that leader in, in that way only because I, I just don't think he has the the time experience or even the the agency to do so by the coaching staff yeah he certainly had his worst game as a pro I don't think coach Eric Bienemy uh, coached a good game as well but if you've been listening to the show today a lot of my blame comes down to Ron Rivera and the fact that he he doesn't inspire these guys his draft picks aren't hitting uh, they come out slow every single week and so I want to get your opinion on some of his decision-making. It's Neil Greenberg with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Clean Hotline. He's the right guy to ask for this because he's a stats geek and sports writer for the Washington Post. So what did the analytics say about Ron Rivera kicking a field goal down by seven in the fourth quarter? Because I hated that decision. <laughs> well, I mean, he kicked a field goal being down by, what, 30? So I mean, that really shouldn't uh, uh, surprise anybody. Look, you know, he got this moniker, Riverboat Ron, for – for, for making, you know, bold decisions years ago. But but that coach has long since faded. I mean, he hasn't been Riverboat Ron, I would say, in, you know, six, seven years. I mean, it's just he's not a guy that takes risks. And he he often has a team that's not in a position to even benefit from, from the risks. Um, it's a very vanilla-type offense. I don't think it's, um, you know, I don't think it's catching anybody off guard you know, they're going to run it on second and short, right? They're going to, to pass it on, on third and long. There's not going to be much deviation from from that in when the game is, you know, close. Um, and, and that's more so than other teams in, in the league, right? I'm not saying, like, you know, all teams aren't going to, going to pass on third and long. They certainly are. But he just doesn't mix it up as much, so it becomes a lot more predictable. And the last thing you can afford in, in the NFL is a predictable offense. Um it's uh, it, it, it's just not a it's it's not a very I wouldn't call it a modern NFL offense. I wouldn't call it a, an offense that um, you know relies on the analytics and um, you know goes for fourth down in, in key situations or you know chooses to go for it rather than <clears throat> play it more conservative and, and kick a field goal. And you know I brought this up even before the season started when um, you know the Harris Group was talking about buying the the team and. You know, there's a lot of talk about Ron's future. And my, my first question was, I don't think Ron Rivera embraces analytics enough for, for a Harris-owned team. Like, you look at the New Jersey Devils, you look at the, the Philadelphia 76ers, um, the 76ers especially with Daryl Morey as president of operations. I mean, um, you know, they, they embrace analytics, and it's a very big part of the fabric of the organization. Um, you know, Rivera uses it if it suits him, and, um, you know, is, is way more likely to use his gut than, than to trust anything else. And, um, you know, perhaps that's why he, you know, has the record he does at this point in the season. 
The other decision that he made that I didn't like was, uh, one, I didn't like the challenge. I, I felt like watching it, his foot was in. Uh, but I, I go back to the first quarter. He accepts a penalty that would have brought up fourth down, could have gotten off the field. And I've always said anytime you can decline a penalty to bring up fourth down, you should do that. He then accepts the penalty, and you give up a touchdown on third and long. I mean, I, I just I question that. Yeah, there's a lot of questions for, for Ron Rivera. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm actually surprised there isn't more pressure put on him during the press conferences um, than what we've seen. I, I, I get that there's a need for access, and I get that, you know, there's, there's unwritten rules. Um, but I do think it's a fair question to ask him is, are the – are the underwhelming performances a byproduct of the coaching or the player personnel? And, and obviously it's a trick question because he's responsible for both, but I think that that gets to my point. It's, it's a situation where you have the guy shopping for groceries and, and making a very underwhelming meal and, um, you know, but still looks to pass blame um, or at least deflect blame to, for, for, to other to other situations, um, you know, including the the um, you know the inexperience of his of his quarterback. And uh, you know, I, I would think that if I had an inexperienced quarterback that was, that I knew was going to be my guy coming into the season, I, I I probably would have done a lot more work on the offensive line than I did to at least give him a fighting chance to to be able to make some plays. Neil, so are you so down on Sam Howell that you would consider going to Jacoby Brissett? Or, hey, does he just have to fight through this sack issue? I mean, look, it's, Sam Howell ain't the guy. I, 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 I know people want him to be the guy. I know the We're franchise desperate for him to be the guy. The guy. <laughs> I'm sorry? We're, just so, we're so desperate for him to be the guy. Right, and, but, but, he, but he's not. You can't, have, you can't have a guy taking 50 sacks you know, on his own, right? Not including what the offensive line's going to give up. You just, they're drive killers. You just can't do that in, 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 in today's NFL. And, um, you know, it was a problem for him in college, so you're not going to convince me that he's going to turn it around. Um, and, and that's fine. Um, you know, but you, you, you still have to just, I don't know if Brissett's the answer, I, I, but it, it's, it's, it's different. And, you know, maybe instead of giving up five, six sacks a game, maybe there's only three and, you know, those other three drives actually go somewhere. Like that to me is the, is the biggest thing. I'm not saying that Brissett's going to lead this team to the playoffs, um, but it, it's pretty clear that Sam Howell is not either. And I'm also worried about his health. 50 sacks in a season, you know, 60 sacks, 70 sacks, not including quarterback hits, um, that's a lot. That's gonna. Yeah. That's a lot, and that's gonna put any future he has in jeopardy. Um, we know the more sacks a, a quarterback takes in one season reduces the number of games he plays in the other, in the next season. So yeah. you know, if if Sam Howell does in fact take you know fifty, sixty sacks in, this year, and, and and he's going to, I mean, he already got forty. Um, I I don't. I'd be surprised to see him play a full schedule next year. And, you know, that brings another wrinkle into the equation in that, you know, you can't be the guy if you're not on the field. Yep. Neil, great stuff. Follow Neil on social media and Greenberg, the General Greenberg in the AWOD Army. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. 
All right, thank you. Talk to you soon. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD. You're listening to the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. We got Stubb in the production room while I'm out here at Capitol Ale House in Innsbruck. Stubb, how are you doing today, man? Stubb. Oh, you must be putting someone on the phone lines here. looks like we've got a caller that wants to chime in. Phone lines are always open, 833-804-0910, I'm out here at Capital Ale House. Uh, Had a listener just come up to me, say he's enjoying the show, he's grabbing a beer. I might have to have three or four just to get over this commander's loss. It is a misery Monday after the 14-7 loss to the New York Giants. Let's go back to the phone lines. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Our buddy D. Woods in D.C. wants to chime in on the Commanders. What's going on, D.? What's going on? Hey, what's up, Ewan? How are you? Uh, I'm miserable. I'm devastated, man. Yeah. I, I picked this team to win, and uh, we fell flat on our faces once again. I think last week when I was on the show, I told you that Sam Howell is just a guy. I'm so happy to when, I, when I'm on hold waiting for you to take my call. Neil Greenberg, he echoes my sentiments that Sam Howell is just a guy. I've been telling you that all year long. Again, goes back to every Sunday. You try to tell me how uh, this guy is, is the future and, and, and he's the second coming of Kirk Cousins. I think it's malpractice, coaching malpractice, that Jacoby Brissett was not put in that game yesterday. I don't see how that doesn't happen. You can still come back and start the kid next week uh, against the Eagles, but at, at some point you have to realize that he was rattled. His his uh, concentration and his and his his uh, his faith in getting things done was kind of shaken. But yet they left him out there to continue to fail. I don't understand uh, why he, uh, not even Eric the enemy and, and Ron would do that to that kid. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't either. Of course, you call though calling him just a guy the one week that he has a terrible game. Uh, I've said all year he's had bad plays, but this was the first time where I felt like he had a bad game start to finish. But are you putting no blame on the offensive coordinator? Believe me, I like Coach Eric Bieniemy. He also did not coach a good game. Oh no, he didn't coach a good game. I put a lot of blame on him. I put a lot. I mean, I, I want to say I give a, a third to. Uh, the enemy, I give a third to Sam Howell just because he just he was so flabbergasted back there in the pocket. But then uh, you got to give a third to the office line. You got to give him 34%, right? I mean, you can't have these guys literally uh, going against people that are just coming off the street and they can't block them. They, can't, they couldn't block Thibodeau to save his life or Lawrence for that matter. Yeah. I mean, it was just an ugly offensive game. I, that's why I've always put – uh, blame on Ron Rivera as well. I mean, I'm just so sick and tired of his teams that he coaches starting games at 2 p.m. when it's already too late. You know, why is yeah. it that he can't get his guys to get inspired by 1 p.m. for a kickoff? Uh, you know what? I, I don't. I think the fire is gone out of Ron. You know, and, and I know that. Uh, I, again, I was listening to Neil talk about it. Um, you know, I think that we all still want to call him the boat Ron. I think Ron. Excuse me. I think that time is coming on, and we're still putting faith in the, the guy we saw from that first, uh, that first, uh, what was it, uh, the, when they had that conference and, and, and they, or that in, in, uh, 
in locker room video back when he was back in Carolina. He's getting everybody fired up and he's cursing all over the place. That guy's not here anymore. And so we should yeah. stop looking for that guy. And, and, and I think he knows by, you know, when he got back home early uh, this morning or late last night, I think he knows his time uh, here uh, in D.C. and Maryland or, or Ashburn is, is coming to an end. D, so look. I'm down on Sam Howell. I'm not like you where I'm ready to give up on the kid already. He's only had eight okay. NFL starts. But I have seen enough to know he's not elite, right? Like, he, he's not the next right. Peyton Manning. You know, I, that's why I was saying at the best he could have been Kirk Cousins. It doesn't seem like he's even going to get to that level here. So what do we do? Because we know to win in this league you need a Joe Burrow, a Josh Allen. You need an elite quarterback. Are we tanking for Caleb Williams? Are we playing Jacoby Brissett and trying to get a few wins here or there just to save Ron Rivera's job? I mean, what do we do? I think we still stay with the kid now. I think I think right now we're just stuck with him. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way, right? I think at this point we just allow him to keep playing and try to play through it. Now, if he has another game like he had yesterday, you got to put for, uh, Jacoby Brissett in. I mean, you can't because then you, if you allow him – to keep playing that way and, and take a sack, even though not all the sacks were his uh, fault, uh, and, and literally throwing the ball. He should have had three interceptions, by the way. That first one in the first quarter, that, I mean, that's, that, that should be taken back to the house. Um, I think that you let him keep playing, and then you just, you just hope that he doesn't have another bad game like he did uh, yesterday. Now, with two, three more losses down the line, we, we take for Caleb Williams. So what, what is Jacoby Brissett going to do? Coming in for the Commanders with, you know, what's he going to do differently with the same offensive line? Like, what's the problem with how? Is it that he's not reading the blitzes at the line of scrimmage and audibly? Is he not sending guys to have a hot route, you know, so he can get rid of the ball? Is, is this something a veteran quarterback with Jacoby Brissett's just going to be able to fix with the same terrible offensive line? I, th- I think so. I think they're having a veteran in there that is not taking the back, excuse me by the blitz and it's I, I think he's shaking at the line. He's already knowing, oh my God, they're coming with everything. He's not using his checkdowns. He missed a lot of people on crossing patterns or uh you know, just wide open guys that he could have gotten the ball to yesterday. So I think that he's he's so concerned about and it might be in his head and it's probably probably so in his head that I have a terrible offensive line. I either have to scramble or I have to get the ball out of my head, out of my hands, excuse me. I think he knows what he needs to do. I just think that he's thinking about it too much. And you, you don't get that from a veteran. A veteran just goes out there and they play. I think that uh, Jacoby Brissett, when he sees that blitz coming, he's going to already know, okay, here's my check down. I can audible out to whoever it is, whether it be Gibson or uh, or um, B-Rob, or I can catch Jahan coming across whatever the case may be, even Kurt Samuels. One thing I will say is they did not, they stayed away from the plays that they ran in Atlanta. Did you notice that? A lot, they were a lot quicker in Atlanta than they were yesterday uh, with plays developer. Yeah, no, you're right, man. Not a bad call at all, D, because I, I did tell my friends when we were watching the game it could be time to put in uh, Jacoby Brissett because, look, Sam Howell took too long to realize, hey, when they're blitzing, i got to just throw it up to Terry McLaurin and see if he can make a play. And he did that right. uh, late in the game, and that's how they got to the red zone. But I wanted him to do it earlier. And so you're right. Maybe having a veteran back there, he would know, hey, I've already been sacked six times. I've already been sacked five times. I might as well just release the ball as soon as I get the snap. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, hey, hey, here's one thing I did want to say before I drop. You know who was amazing yesterday, and, and you, can't, you can't take it from him. And that's that is Chase Young. That 
he was all over the field yesterday. I felt like that probably was his breakout game uh, of the season. He just seemed to be around the ball all the time. Yeah, no, it's hard to blame the defense when they only give up 14 points. I appreciate the call, D. 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. He made some really good points there about, you know, Sam Howell not being the guy. And I I do think that some of the weapons around Howell are starting to get pissed off. And part of it's on the play calling, part of it's on the offensive line play. But here's what Terry McLaurin said after the game. He said, I'm constantly trying to work with Coach Eric Bieniemy." and wide receivers coach Bobby Ingram and the offensive staff to just continue to give me those chances down the field. You can hear it in his voice. He's pissed off. He said, because I think go routes and fades are extremely pivotal in an offense, especially when they're blitzing like that. i definitely like to see us continue to get up those early because I think it try- really forces defenses to play more honest. They can't blitz and play safeties at 10, 12 yards, they can't do that if you're beating them down the field. I think we saw that. That's the reason in the second half they started softening up a little bit because we were getting behind them. It's a great point from Terry McLaurin. I hope that him and uh, Coach Eric Bieniemy have a long conversation this week with them too and Sam Howell because I guarantee you the Eagles are going to try to blitz just like the Giants did. They're going to send five or six guys. Heck, they might only have to send four because Hassan Reddick and Fletcher Cox are so good, but we've got to recognize that at least taking a deep shot every once in a while, one, you can get a pass interference. Two, McLaurin can make the catch. Or three, it just forces the defense to back off a little bit instead of bringing the pressure over and over again. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.